Welcome to State of the Arts, your weekly update on the El Paso art scene. I'm Marina Monsiz-Weiss. On this week's edition of State of the Arts, we'll invite you to the Feria de Agave, which takes place today at Lowbrow Palace at 1006 Texas Avenue. We'll also check in with our friends from the Fragile Gang who have a new album out for us to hear. It's all coming up on this week's edition of State of the Arts. Palace presents Feria de Agave, a large-scale festival which celebrates agave spirits. The event is happening later today at 1006 Texas Avenue. The Agave Fest will feature more than 30 agave brands, eats, and local live bands. The Feria de Agave is welcome to all ages, and alcoholic beverages will be served to those with a valid ID. Here to tell us all about it is Jessica Mendoza. Welcome to State of the Arts. Thank you. So Jessica, tell us about this festival. I think it's the first time you all are doing this. So how did it come about? Yeah, so we're definitely excited to be bringing the first Feria de Agave today, especially because it's a new venue. I don't know if you've heard, uh, but Lowbrow Palace moved from Robinson to Texas Avenue now. So we're excited to be you know, just producing these like bigger upscale events that typically that you typically don't see in El Paso. Yeah, you, you know, come to mention it. So I love live music. I go to see shows at least once or twice a week. So so I have visited the, the new Lowbrow Palace. But for folks that haven't been there, will you explain? Because you guys have this really neat indoor room and then you have this great outdoor space as well. Yes. So now we have the capacity to do bigger events. So now we have an outdoor stage, um, which is beautiful. We have as well as like indoor, uh, which now we can hold up to indoor about 750. Well, no, I mean, it just opens you up to like having a lot of larger shows, which which you all have been doing, especially in the warmer months. Yes. Yes. So um, especially now we're doing more outdoor shows. And of course, like we're going to take advantage of that for this festival and moving forward for pretty much any festival that we host. So the Feria de Agave, will you all be utilizing the whole the whole building inside and outside? The whole space, indoor and outdoor. So tell us about it. What do you guys have up your up your sleeves? So a really cool thing that we'll be hosting um, for the first time at the venue, it's a pottery workshop by Cantareras. They're a local pottery studio. They've already been doing a couple of like ceramics slash like pottery classes across town but we're gonna have them on site and people will be creating their own mezcalero, which is really cool. Yeah, so they're making their own little mezcalerito so they can then, well, will they be fired for them to drink out of that day or? So actually the studio will take them back to their spot. They will fire them and then um, attendees will pick them up. Okay, so let's talk about um, agave because there's a lot more to it than, than just tequila, right? I mean, besides pottery, we're, we're also going to have a Cantarito Challenge, um, which is really neat, and it's going to be sponsored by Cazadores. So essentially, people will be creating, you know, in teams, like a little, like a Cantarito co- cocktail, and um, attendees will be able to select the winner. So how did you all come up with the idea to celebrate the agave? 
The agaves have been pretty popular in the last couple of years. We've obviously always like followed the agave trend. We're super excited to bring it just because like, obviously it's, I feel like mezcal and sotol, it's not really a common thing in our town. So we definitely want to educate people as far as like where it comes from, how it's made. Um, I mean, it varies with like the process, but through and through it's like artisanal. The way like the the agave spirit is created, it's a really beautiful, um, you know, just just because it's like made by hand. Yeah, you know, I learned that um, ajimador is the the person that that harvests the piñas. They're the ones that chop the piñas. And just having seen the process, it's it, it is really cool. I mean, depending the more artisanal tequilas, they're kind of pickier with which which agave plants they're going to use. And, you know, they cut the piña uh, and then they, they roast that for hours and then they take the threads out and mix that with, with water. And then you have the, the spirit, which then gets fermented and, and there you have it. But it's easier said than done, especially for the folks that hand make it. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I feel like typically liquors, people just shoot them. But essentially, you don't you don't really like sit down, you sip it, you enjoy it. You you also will have a chance to kind of tell the difference as far as like aroma and taste. Mm-hmm. Just because a mezcal is a mezcal, it doesn't mean it's like smoky. Right. That's true, too. I, I'm glad you bring that up, because for the longest time, it was like this thing that people just shoot. And it's like, no, you should appreciate it. Like you can that there are very varied nuances there for sure yeah yeah that's definitely something I mean I fell in love with mezcal after I went to an agave festival you know after after I saw a panel they explained where it comes from and why it tastes the way it does and it's really cool like I feel like pretty nerdy sometimes talking about it (laughs) which is why I'm super excited to like you know present it to to El Paso did you go to the Marfa Mezcal Festival? Yeah, I have gone. Yeah, because I saw they, they had really beautiful um, mezcaleritos too and just did a really good job of of making that happen. So hopefully you can do that for us here in El Paso. Yeah, it's definitely. And I mean, speaking of panels, we're also going to have a panel by Noche Luna. They're, they're a sotol. Um, so we're going to have two of their main brand ambassadors fly to El Paso They've been doing this for 20 plus years, so they're very educated as far as where Sotol comes from. And then during the panel, we'll be serving little samples as well. That way, uh, attendees can taste it. So can you tell us what the difference is between tequila, mezcal, and Sotol? Of course. So tequila comes from the uh, 100% from the blue agave, which is slightly different from mezcal. Uh, mezcal does come from Oaxaca and it varies from the like agave plant um, so that's a little bit different and it also whenever it gets distilled it's also a different process and like besides mezcal and tequila sotol is a little bit different obviously sotol comes from Chihuahua that's where it gets mostly produced um, as well as like Durango, Coahuila um, and it, the process is very similar to how mezcal is made. And I mean, yeah, essentially tequila equals blue agave, 
pure and simple. And mezcal and well, mezcal is the agave plant, any agave plant. <laughs> and then sotol is an agave plant that grows in the Chihuahuan Desert. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's funny that the processes are, are different, but then that's why that's why you're able to have a whole festival and taste the nuances in each one, right? Yeah. And besides uh, those three agave spirits, pretty much like, I don't know if you, you're familiar with like, there's other ones like Bacanora, Raicilla, Pulque. I feel like those are also popular at the moment. But for this first one, we're, we'll be bringing the tequila, mezcal, and sotol. That's fantastic. Yeah. So hopefully in future, we'll incorporate other agave spirits. But yeah. Super excited to um, have this today. Well, I'm glad that you guys are doing it. And um, we look forward for you all to uh, continue to grow the agave spirits as you grow the, the festival. Yeah. So aside from the agave spirits, of course, that you're having there, what, what else do you have going on? I know there's live music and there's food. Will you tell us about that? So besides that, we have mariachis that will be, you know, going around inside and outside, um, as well as live DJs. And we're really happy that um, El Tigre, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're a food truck located at Old Cheap Brewery. And they they serve anywhere from like tacos, quesadillas, volcanes. They will be on site serving quesadillas and tacos. Delicious. As well as Friday's dogs and tojitos. Which will go perfect with any of the spirits. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's all ages. Um, so you can bring the kids to this. Yes, all ages. I just heard that we sold out out of the pottery, the first pottery class for today, but we're gonna we're gonna have a second one throughout the day as well with cantareras. It should be pretty fun, honestly. I think there's definitely a lot to do. And then besides like sipping on just like the liquor itself, we're also going to be having several cocktails across um, across the venue. Is there anything else that you want people to know as far as um, uh, event logistics, parking? Yeah, anything they need to know to head out there this afternoon? Parking wise, we have street parking. We also have parking passes where you can park literally across the venue. And you can find those tickets at lobrapalace.com. Besides that, street parking, I mean, it's pretty open. I don't think you need like a street, uh, like a permit to park on the street or anything like that. And as far as getting tickets to the event, can you get them at the door or do you recommend people buy them in advance? We'll have them at the box office as well as lobrapalace.com. I do suggest just getting them ahead of time it's much easier you're not gonna be you know waiting in line at the box office okay sounds good today my guest has been jessica mendoza and we've been talking about the feria de agave which happens today at lowbrow palace that's located at 1006 texas avenue and everything starts at two o'clock is that right yes so we start vip doors start at 2 p.m general admission at 3 p.m and everything ends at 11 p.m So there you have it. Plenty to do at the Feria de Agave. Jessica, thank you so much for coming to State of the Arts. Appreciate it.
Fragile Gang has a new album with liner notes from Beto O'Rourke and back cover art by El Paso artist Susan Clar. It's called Summertime in the City, and here to tell us all about it are Arlo Clar and Ashleen Cormack. Welcome to State of the Arts. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So it's been a while since you all have had new music, or am I wrong with that? It's been about um, three or four years. Yeah, so pre-pandemic for sure. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the pandemic was definitely good for us and musically because it did give us some time to focus on our music and um, having time, a little bit of time away from work actually allowed us to have more focus than we usually would. So um, I think it was certainly productive a productive period for us. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had a lot of conversations with creatives and artists during that time. And they were all saying the, the same thing. So yes, it was uncertain. But I think this is the first of many expressions to come out of, of that time. Yeah, definitely. I wish, well, I don't wish there was more pandemics, but it did make me kind of want to make a life for myself, um, where I could have that same degree of focus. Mm-hmm. And I think you felt similarly, Arlo. Yeah, definitely. Ashling and I were able to, for a good chunk of time, write the songs together here at home and record demos and then send them over to a, another El Paso and Matthew Schmitz, yeah. who was a drummer who's in a lot of great bands. Yeah. And so we just kind of put it together that way. Well, let's give folks context um, about Fragile Gang, because I know who you are. I know who Matt Schmitz is. But, you know, who knows, you know, the, the, the folks that are listening to us now. So will you walk us through the Fragile Gang journey, if you will? The band's been around for this year, will be like the 20th year. Both Ashley and I have been part of the El Paso music scene since now it's going on more than 30 years. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, starting as teenage punk rockers, both at El Paso High and maybe the late 80s. I was in high school bands. Yeah, and uh, the 90s for me. <laughs> yeah, yes, actually three years younger than I am. Mm-hmm. And we knew each other and we even tried to start a band when we were in high school. That didn't happen. But then early college years, I got in a, a band with my friends, Beto included and Mike Stevens, and um, actually recorded some violin on some of those songs. Yeah. And that was called Foss. We did a little record label it was called Western Breed Records. And um, you're in some high school bands too, right? Yeah, I was in some high school bands, but they never quite broke out um, mm-hmm. the furthest I went was you know I, I played some backyard shows and um, I didn't think I had the confidence to think I could you know make it as a musician yeah. partly because maybe I was I didn't see a lot of female musicians in the El Paso scene and um, when I did see some I would, I would be very excited but so when I went to college, I was actually going down a pre-med path <laughs> and then got onto an English path, but I never really had the confidence to dedicate myself fully to music, which I kind of wish now I had done. Of course. But um, yeah, we didn't really begin playing 
wholeheartedly, I would say, until after I finished college when we were both living in New York. So we were living in Williamsburg, and that's when we first started recording. We actually recorded our first song with Beto's uncle, who had a studio in Manhattan. Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. And um, that was our very first recording. And then we recorded um, also in Springfield, Missouri for this first album. Mike Stevens played drums for us. Beto played drums a little bit in El Paso. The album was kind of recorded in all over the place. Missouri, El Paso. Yeah. Um, But it was good. It had different flavors from different places. We had audio recordings of people from our lives mixed in with the music. And that was Valley of Static. So that was our our first album. And that's now going to be 20 years old. Isn't that bananas? Like to think, does it feel like 20 years have passed from then to now? In some ways it does. And in some ways it definitely doesn't. Yeah. I still feel like I'm that same person and I've been on a path that's gotten me from like that point A to this point B. But then when when I look back at it in other ways, I do see there's been a lot of moving around and um, many years of graduate school (laughs) and taking me to California. And um, so there's definitely been digressions in that path. The constant, I guess, has always been Arlo and I. We've played with different people but we've always managed to every few years, you know, put out another album and we've been lucky that way. Well, and that way the Fragile Gang makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, (laughs) there's like all these moving parts. I mean, you guys are the constant, but like the pieces around you come and go and somehow it turns into something. Yes, exactly. I think that's a good way to put it. And we're so honored that we have been able to play with our friends met new friends. I mean, we've had different, I mean, one of the more recent constants is Matt Schmitz, who has played drums on three of our more recent albums. So that has been a nice constant. Speaking of that first album, I wanted to mention uh, Ashling's sister, Elva, who is in El Paso, was a part of it too. So there are all these people. And like Ashling said, we've been honored and blessed through the years to like, get to share music making with so many great people. Yeah, it's a fun cast of characters around you guys, for sure. <laughs> Is it just from growing up in a creative community? Because, I mean, your your mom was an artist, and it seems like everybody around you has some sort of artistic bent to them. Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it, I would say. Like, maybe as a young person, I wouldn't think of it as much, but looking back that it's, Definitely my parents, my dad too, and my brother, Sito, like they all served as models for what you can do together Yeah, with art and with music. And Ashley, you had mentioned maybe, you know, not being as confident when you were young. Has that confidence come out now or is there still some doubt there? I think it's coming out more and more, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though, you know, it has been 20 years. I can see myself more easily these days as a musician and a writer than I would have been able to back then. It's definitely been a journey, but I've gotten more confident just even just playing shows. I have learned to just make it a 
a fun experience, not just something that's terrifying, which when I was younger, I did have a lot of anxiety about performing. So that has definitely improved. I think it's kind of late in my life to be devoting myself to creative endeavors, but I feel like I'm finally there Yeah, <laughs> to the, the degree of maybe giving up my more pragmatic career to, <laughs> <laughs> to play music. <laughs> yeah, to play music and to write, which is something that I'm also passionate about. Now, what about you two? I mean, you guys have been collaborators for 30 years, I think you said. <laughs> what keeps you creatively growing? I think getting to share this thing together is kind of thrilling. And both of us, like, gaining confidence is something that keeps it exciting. You know, like, I learned stuff from Ashling. I learn a lot because she has a different kind of musical background and approach. Sometimes we actually listen to, like, ourselves on Apple Music and it's like, oh, wow, I forgot thought about that and that I mean I do think that our style is always evolving and changing and so that keeps it exciting and we sound I mean our first album Valley of Static I think sounds a lot different from our most recent album Summertime in the City which sounds different from our you know all our other ones um, between we're never just always playing the same style of music that we're always evolving individually, but also together. Mm-hmm. I think that keeps it interesting. And part of it maybe also comes from just playing with different people because then they bring their own contributions that um, changes the way that that we sound. We're tuned in to also just how music evolves or just like different bands. We try to go to shows, you know, in LA and just hear how music is evolving and taking things we might hear as not necessarily something to copy, but as like a challenge, like, oh, how could something fresh change the way we sound? Yeah, yeah. Just constantly staying curious and keeping the ears open and applying what what's attractive to you is what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. So what did you set out to do with Summertime in the City? And do you think you accomplished it? Well, one thing that's very, very like concrete This is the first album that we put out on vinyl. There's artwork from my mom on the back. And the actual record is a nice um, sea green color that fits like with the front and back. So we really wanted to like create something that someone could hold in their hands that would be a nice analog to the music itself. So in that very concrete way, we accomplished that. We designed it all ourselves. We, you know, we worked at home on the cover. Beyond that, I don't know. Maybe it surprised us to me. Like it turned into, we didn't know, I didn't know what it was going to be. And then it turned into like this kind of collection of warm pop sounding songs. You know, we never know know exactly what's going to come out. Yeah. So in contrast with our previous album, A Plausible But Desirable Future, that one was much, I'd feel like, harder. I'd had more like feedback. This one is, it is a bit softer. I don't think there's any violin in that album. In this one, there's more violin. And, which you play. Which I play. Mm-hmm. And um, just more acoustic instruments. And that's partly because we were were recording at home, so we couldn't be as loud. (laughs) Right. And so it has a more, perhaps, like, more intimate feel to it. 
we were also had just the space to work with new instruments. I mean, we had worked with just various synths that we were working with just to get different sounds involved. And I think it has just a warm kind of soft, intimate feel. In a way, this album was sort of bringing back some of the more acoustic elements that we'd left behind in the album right before. It makes sense. And, you know, the 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 visuals with the album and, I mean, even the, the first video that you released, it sounds, I don't know if beachy is the right term, but, like, there is that air, there is that water, there is that mistiness to it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a lot of fun. And, like, I don't know, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed listening to it because, I, you know, I've, I've listened to all of your records and I remember when it was, like, very noisy and now it's, like, not. <laughs> and somehow it's still you. Yes. I do think, I mean, I'm really happy with this album. I'm proud of it and want to keep going in this direction, though always being open to change because that's just like who we are. Right. And you should. I mean, you don't want to stay the same. That's boring. Right. Exactly. Well, today my guests have been Arlo Klar and Aisling Cormack, and we've been talking about the Fragile Gang's latest album. It's called Summertime in the City. And here we leave you with one of their latest songs called I Love the Rain. Thank you for coming to State of the Arts. That's it for this week's edition of State of the Arts. Our program comes to you from my Barracuda PR office and Pat's living room for KTEP 88.5 FM on the campus of the University of Texas at El Paso. Our engineer and editor is Pat Petrowski. Theme music is by Jim Ward and Gabe Gonzalez. You can also find me on Instagram at Marina Monsis. If you would like to be a guest on State of the Arts, you can DM me at Marina Monsis, or you can contact us by email through our website, ktep.org, where you can also listen to past interviews online. I'm Marina Monsis Weiss. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next week with another edition of State of the Arts.